welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. Uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. As you heard from Ed Wyatt and Simon Catanzaro, the SEN call team tonight. Adelaide United defeated uh, Melbourne City 2-1. It is the final whistle. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Vinny Venezuela, you're here as well. Welcome. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Good to be here. Hello, good, fans. Good to see you. Fans, listeners. <laughs> listeners. We don't know if they're fans. Fans of the game, yeah, yeah. not fans of us. Fans <laughs> of the game, anyway. Rodrigo. No, Warren Diego again. He'll be... Oh, he was here, but he just stormed out. He's <laughs> <laughs> sobbing. Carlos Alberto, He's you're... He's sobbing in Craigie Burn right now, so... <laughs> you're here. How are you, mate? How are you, boys? And uh, I, look, I, I'm not quite sure whether I should be cock-a-hoop in that... Just buoyed by the fact where... Got four nights in a row with the Diego's. We're talking football as a, as part of our lives now. We're, I mean, we always talk football, but we we're talking football more than ever on SEN. And so I'm really, really up. But I know that there's some Melbourne City fans out there who are really, really down at the moment. So it's sort of I'm, – I'm a little bit confused about how I should feel right now. Well, I think – I think uh, Melbourne City fans will tell us how they feel because uh, 94291116, you be the fourth Diego tonight, 94291116. Vinny, what is the hotline? The hotline is the ouch hotline, uh, Rodrigo. <laughs> ouch, it's going to hurt. Hotline. 94291116. Tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. And I will say this, as a, Mel- as, as a lover of this city, I hate any of our teams losing to Adelaide. I hate it. Mm. Even though I'm, and though I lean to victory and I'm quietly happy that City have lost, I'm not happy because I don't like losing to Adelaide. I really don't. There you go. 94291116. Do you? Like, nobody likes losing anyway. Hey, just M in the, uh, off the text message here, M in Doncaster, the Britney Spears, oops, I did it again hotline. (laughs) Maybe we should just refine a little bit. I kind of like M's version there, Vinny. Oops, Oops. I did it again. 94291116. We'd love to hear from you. As I said, Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2-1. Bruno Fornaroli opened the scoring in the fourth minute, then McGowan with a header in the tenth, and then Oching, a young Adelaide United player, scoring in the 87th minute with a beautiful piece of play by Adelaide United at Cooper Stadium in front of a very, very Mm. decent crowd of 10,607 people. Very nice uh, crowd, given that the team has been struggling most of this year. So well done to everyone in Adelaide. Um, 94291116. Let's get into it. It's 10 past 10. Yes, it's all your show tonight. You be the fourth, Diego. Let's get straight into it. Let's go to Snapper in Port Phillip Bay. Snapper, mate, commiserations and welcome. Good evening, gents. Look, um, can I just first of all say that in order for the league to improve as a whole, and mind you, I'm using my hands here because that's, that's <laughs> you know, being a wog, and that's how I am. In order for the league to improve, not just the FFA, but I reckon clubs have to step in, go to the high board, which is FIFA, and get these refs to learn what an offside goal is and what an onside goal is. That Adelaide goal, that was offside. But typical A-League, they can't pinpoint the close one. But the onside goal to Colazzo, I could have parked my car in front of Colazzo <laughs> and still be onside. That's how far back he was. And the referee, the linesman, was in an offside position himself. He was behind. <laughs> How he can see it is beyond me. We played well tonight. Perhaps we he was flagging himself it. there, Simon. But, uh, but uh, look, the, first, the McGowan goal, I don't know. I've had a look at it. 
not really closely because we're sort of running around in the green room preparing for this magnificent two-hour show. Uh, but I had a quick look at it. It didn't. It just looked like at the time the ball was struck by SAS with the set piece, he was onside at that point in time. Now I stand to be corrected, but the Colazzo one definitely was onside. Yeah. Uh, but you know the problem with the Colazzo one. Every other Melbourne City player stopped when he received the ball, thinking he was offside too. So everyone stopped. And so no one really put any pressure. Even Colazzo just said, okay, I was offside. I ran mm. back. No one complained to the referee about it. Not that they could change it. but uh, So you reckon, Simon, in the end of the day, not so much the McGowan one for me, but do you think the Colazzo one, because Valcana said in his post-match little interview with Michael Zapponi that he felt that the momentum would have been different in the game if they had scored. Do you think that was a critical point? It would have put us 2-1 up before halftime with full of momentum. But instead, it gave Adelaide that sniff to, to push on in the second half in the heat. You know, they played it last week against Victory and tonight again. And that was the momentum shift of it. What I don't understand is if the linesman was himself in an offside position and Collado was in front of him behind a defender, how did he call it? And this is where the league needs to improve because when I watch it, as a, if I wasn't... A, a, a league supporter, a, a supporter, and I was just a spectator, and I wanted to watch football in Australia, and I saw that, I'd turn off because that, that that's disgusting. I'd go back to watching EPL to grow the game. You need to fix the rest. Now, there's Simon. No, Snapper. Uh, uh, Snapper. Oh, sorry, sorry, Snapper. Snapper. <laughs> sorry, Snapper. Um, now, with I know your point. You've made your point really well. Those tight ones, though, you've got to give some leeway to the human eye at that time. Because it was pretty tight. But, I mean, they weren't clearly offside, both of them. And so because they were not clearly offside, you almost need the replay to make that decision. FIFA has to allow you to use, you know, the video referee to do that. And they won't do that, okay? So that's, that's cut out. So we've got to allow for human error if it's tight. I didn't think it was clear enough to, to call them incompetent. But because it was tight, the only way you, you really would eradicate that sort of decision or non-decision is... Uh, is through video refereeing. FIFA will never, ever allow that. So I think we've got to live with those, and sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. Now, having said all that, Snapper, how did the team go tonight? I mean, did you think that that was the only thing that affected the game, or given the fact that they had 10 shots at goal to Adelaide's nine, but they doubled their possession, completed passing rates, they got double the amount of balls in the box, and they only still got 10 shots at goal, Adelaide 9. Is there a problem with City? No, no, no. There is no problem with City. We played very well tonight. You know, the, tight, the players were tight. I think, I think Adelaide, Adelaide went there not expecting... Uh, towards the end, they were hoping and holding on for, for dear life for a draw. And we went into the box and Adelaide just had five, six players sitting in the box. We played very well, but Adelaide defended and unfortunately they caught us on a counter-attack. We played tremendously tonight and I can't fault the boys. I just think the only problem tonight was... We should have been 2 nil up at halftime, not one all or 2-1 up at halftime, and that destroys the momentum. That, as a player, that kills you on the inside. You think, I've done all this hard work, and at the end, I find out that the goal that was disallowed was an actual goal. It, it burns inside, and unfortunately, the players tonight, Olga Fornaroli, he gave it his all tonight. He gave mm. his heart and soul, and I can't, I can't fault the players. They've done well, just... We got stuffed up by the referees tonight. Snapper, I, don't, I, I take your point. I don't necessarily think... Uh, I think it was a borderline decision. I, I think Colazzo's goal should have stood. But at the end of the day, you didn't 
quite do enough to win the game. I, I thought you guys were strong towards the end of the first half and you were imposing yourselves. And then you had moments in the second half where you're also having a crack and looking dangerous. But you never you never killed the game. And I don't know that you can put it down to just... A, uh, you know, players burning because of a bad decision. I think these guys are professionals and they, they know what they're there to do and, and they're there to play the game and, and keep scoring and, and, and controlling that game. So, look, I, I feel your pain, son. I'm sorry for you. Thanks for your call, Snapper. Really appreciate your passion, mate. Um, keep on listening and uh, keep on watching City. You sound sound like you are happy mm. enough, but you're just disappointed yeah. with the uh, referee. Let's go to Nathan in beautiful Phillip Island. G'day, Nathan, and welcome to the final whistle. G'day, guys. I'm going to follow on from what Snapper said. I followed the game in this country. I used to carry Andrew Marth's bags to the game when he was playing in Melbourne, Croatia. What I'm seeing now with the refereeing is destroying the momentum of the game. The referee's calls tonight, those... All right, I'll cop the Adelaide one. It was close. But that the second goal for City was a definite goal. And the A-League cannot talk about expansion if they cannot get the refereeing right in this country. Mm. The amount of money coming into this country now with football, particularly you look at Melbourne City and Newcastle with the, the Chinese investors, who will continue to invest in this country when you've got referees who cannot call the game? It's incompetent and it's a joke. I watch this game anymore if it continues to be like this. I've watched it forever as a kid. I loved it. And I, I'm just very, very sad to see, and it's not just once happening, it's all the time. You only got to hear, like, Kilkenny, he's gone on and on and on about it. He's come from back from over overseas, and he can see what's going on. Everyone can see it. David Gallup and co. have got to fix this up, or the game, forget about expansion. Now, Nathan, the, the issue with the focus on referees right now is that half of them are full-time, and the guys who are actually coaching these referees are actually quite good people. I know them and I've, I've seen their programs. I know what they put into it. So it's not only that half the referees are full-time. These other guys, Ben Wilson, Eugene Brazali, these guys work very, very hard with the referees and they were good referees in their own right too. Um, all I can say, and, and we do get these situations everywhere because it's not good enough, right? Um, the only way you can solve this problem in the short term is video referee. You would have picked it up easily um, with if you had that technology tonight. I don't know whether the human eye would have picked up Colazzo's uh, in normal play. I don't know whether if we were at the stadium, uh, without the replays, we would have clearly seen that. I'm not sure. But if they're tight, you've just got to right now accept the fact that you're going to get some some week and you're not going to get them other weeks. And I think if you go through all the games this year with City, that they've been beneficiaries of the odd one too. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, uh, maybe uh, the... Uh, Bretton goal oh, yeah. uh, where uh, where what, what's it? Uh, um, Tim Carroll's offside position uh, deflected off him went in. Uh, was that against or victory? He ducked. He ducked. He just ducked or something way. like yep. that. I mean, it was clearly uh, for me uh, an offside position interference, but they got the benefit of that. So, if you look across the season, you're going to get some, and you're not going to get some. It's the incompetent ones that we should be crying out about. The ones where they're five yards onside. And they score, or where it's a clear handball in the penalty area, or or a not a handball in the penalty area, clearly, and and the referee still gives it. They're the ones that we should be, should be an outcry, not the tight ones so much. But Nathan, don't give it away, mate, because next week it could go your way with one of these decisions. They'll, they'll need it to go their way, Carlos. Yeah. Thanks for your call there, Nathan. Really appreciate that. Let's go to uh, Simon in Footscray. G'day, Simon, and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. G'day, boys. How are you going? Look, uh, frustrated. 
we can blame referees as much as we want. But the fact is, since the FSA Cup, boys, how many times have City scored and then five or ten minutes later they just let in another, they just let in a cheap goal? Yep. The inability to kill off games at the moment. That's the real problem. Yeah, the marking at that set piece with this AS, I mean, really, the, if, if McGowan hadn't scored, there were another two Adelaide players lining up to score. I mean, we found Osama Malek on the wrong side of the player at the set piece. Now, it's lazy defending. When you're defending on the edge of your six-yard box, you should be touched tight. You should be body contact with, with the player you're marking. Now, we had Osama Malek on the, on the other side looking for the offside. Uh, on the free kick, which is just really quite amateurish at that level to do. You've got to be marking men tight. Uh, what we had in the end when the ball's coming over, we got half the uh, city defence stepping out for an offside, and then three Adelaide players going to raffle the ball, the, the header in. So uh, it was poor defending, and I think at times city are a team that work very hard. Volcana said it tonight. They all work very, very hard. But they're a little bit lazy when it comes to their defending at times. They look for the offside trap. Uh, the, 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 the defensive side of the midfield at different times goes lacking. I'm talking about the Brattons of this world. I'm talking about the Colazzos of this world. Osama Malik, I'm not sure. He's not a Kilkenny in that position. So I think they do lack... Uh, when the ball gets turned over in bad areas, they do lack that defensive transition. It's, ha- it's been happening all year. And tonight they play with a back four, which should make it easier. Uh, they didn't float between a three, a back three and back four. They play with a back four. And for me, that, that's even more unforgivable that at times they were opened up by the late runs from midfield by the likes of Therio and also James Holland. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a mindset issue. It's not laziness as in... You know, not working hard, but it's it's mental laziness but that ca- you find at different times. Carlos, can I ask you this? That 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 positioning to be in, playing for the offside instead of the touch tight behind the player is that coached into them? Is that something no, that they're they, doing it, in, for in, me, at training? For me, I, I'd be surprised if any coach is saying to you, if you're defending on the edge of your six yard box or in between the penalty box and six yard box, if you're going for an offside there. I mean, if, it, if, it's, if it's getting into that space there, the goalkeeper has got to be the man who claims that ball. Um, or you've got to be there marking your man. You shouldn't be looking for an offside there. On the edge of your box, if a ball's coming in there and you're defending on the edge of your box, I can see sometimes where you might step out for an offside, but not on the edge, not in between the penalty box and the six-yard box. I mean, that's just suicide, and that's what happened tonight. They've all got to go at the same time, and you've got to move before the ball's kicked. So thanks for your call, Simon. Really appreciate that. Let's go to Cell in Hyatt. G'day, Cell, and welcome to the final whistle. Hello, lads. Uh, two quick points. Uh, sure. First of all, thank you for just being around forever. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone's noticed. On yourself. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Honestly, uh, hats off. Like, uh, you know, what can I say? I mean, uh, football lovers in this country, rare. But anyway, thank you. Second point, just as a response to Snapper and some of your, uh, your other calls, you want to fix the A-League? You want to fix the A-League, right? But you're asking yeah. us, yeah. Well, let's, well, I don't think it's a lot broken, but if, if to improve it, yeah, tell us. Well, just let South Melbourne back in. <laughs> let us back in. That's our rightful spot. And that'll, that'll sort out the refereeing, back. will it sell? Now, you know what? The, the referee might, might not change. I'm not sure. But you know what? Imagine <laughs> the narrative. That first game against Melbourne victory, South Melbourne, Melbourne victory, that would change everything forever in a day. Sal, in its purest form, in its purest form, that idea I'm excited by. Yeah, in its purest, sense. purest form. Um, you know, tradition versus the new behemoth. 
you know, the, the traditional behemoth, Oceania team of the century versus the, you know, probably victory is the best A-League club we've had since the start of this, of this new era, right? Uh, for me, in the purest, purest, purest form, take away any glass half empty type, you know, narrative that people might have out there. I agree with you full, wholeheartedly, Sal. But I'm not quite sure it'll ever happen, mate. That's the only problem. What's your second point there, Sal? <laughs> It will happen, guys. It has to happen. Sorry, can I speak to your first point too? So I loved watching uh, South Melbourne in in the old days. But the thing that I, I'll say this respectfully: when things weren't go, when things were going south for the South, sometimes the fans sort of disappeared, and so there were lulls. and And that concerns me too about uh, the prospect. I, I think you guys have got a fantastic tradition, and I, I like the, the 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 prospect of it all. But uh, you know, you, you can be fickle too, the South Melbourne fan of, of old. What do you think about that, uh, Sal? I think all fans can be fickle, but look at uh, in Adelaide and Perth, we still hold the uh, ground record for for uh, uh, for normal for, uh, for normal league games. I mean, yeah. we're, we're we're a team that's that's hated more than we're that, than what we're loved. Yeah, uh, look, Sal, uh, like I said to you. You know, for the people who were around at the old NSL and saw the beauty of that at times, uh, and and the and the players and the, you know, just the the way the South Melbourne culture and how they uh, approach playing the game, like the Melbourne Knights culture. I mean, they had their culture too, and uh, at, in its purest purest form, it was beautiful football. Uh, absolute legendary players at times, you know, heroes to the to the fans, um, in its purest form. But and that's why if I think back to those romantic times, I would love to see it. But I just don't think it'll ever happen, Sal. I just think there's just too many misconceptions or perceptions about you know the old NSL and and any teams that are who were living in that time. And uh, and I, I I'd be I'd be surprised if it happened. But I'd welcome it if you know if it did happen because it means. Due diligence was was done, and and it was a good decision for the league. Thanks for your call there, Sal. Good on you, and I really appreciate your kind words at the start there. Let's go to Danny in Hoppers Crossing. G'day, Danny, and welcome to the final whistle. Uh, Danny, you there? I think we've... Uh, uh, yeah, mate. Yes. Yeah, I'm there. Oh, you're here. There you go. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. That's um, all right. Long wait, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I nearly went to an ad break too, mate. But, but, Danny, uh, you're not uh, <laughs> Danny Chiato, are you? He's, he's from that neck of the woods. No, actually, um, I, I'm actually uh, very close with that. Well, not really close. I'm, I'm actually close with uh, Hoppers Crossing, but yeah, Werribee. Yep. Um, I've been to, travelled to that club a few times, but no, not Teato, but I wish. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day. Um, look, I just want to further on that point before um, uh, with the promotion relegation whatnot. Um, I, I thought the week before, last week with Adelaide, that game there, um, I reckon they would have had a lot more people there uh, against Melbourne Victory, my mob, um, if there was promotion relegation, a lot more people would have turned up and would have probably supported Adelaide a lot more if there was something to uh, something to lose. Yeah, it could just be me. Yeah, look, look, if if promotion when promotion relegation comes in, it will. Okay, I don't think won't be for a while. Yeah, though, won't be for a while. That's absolutely it won't be for a while. I think there's a few things that happen have to happen before then, uh, but when it comes in, it's just gonna it's gonna lift. Everything about the game in this country to another level. It's going to really connect the grassroots to the top level just through the possibility of, of you know, local clubs getting their act together and rising up the leagues and one day maybe playing in the A-League. It will absolutely take the sport to another level when done properly. Uh, I don't think 
anyone in the game who deals with the commercial side of the game, uh, even with clubs at the moment, even the NPL clubs, when I talk to people there, except for the likes of South Melbourne and a few others, but a lot of other clubs say, we're just not ready for it. I mean, uh, you know, play, clubs that went deep into the FFA Cup that weren't in the A-League, a lot of those people were asked, you know, Canberra clubs and, and Tassie clubs, and they said, A-League, uh, the NPL's not ready yet, but we look forward to developing and evolving to a point when we will be ready. Uh, I don't think we'll be looking, even if we, if, we, if we started saying we want promotion relegation now, I don't think we'll get it for 10 years because it'll take that long to get the next rung of clubs ready for promotion relegation because it's not just one or two clubs we're talking about. We're talking about a whole league, a whole second division where you have to have 10 to 12 clubs that are fully professional, run really, really well, and when they have a good year, are going to be promoted to the A-League. So it's going to take a while. And I feel sorry for the likes of South Melbourne, who do feel that they're ready right now, and a few other clubs around the country who do feel they're ready right now. But to have promotion relegation, you have to have a full league of fully professional teams that are run like a professional club, and for a long period of time too. Thanks for your call there, Danny. Really appreciate that. It's uh, 29 past 10. Now give me a beat. Vinny's Best On Ground. With thanks to our mates at Best On Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts. Uh, look, it's a new year, 2017. If you're a plumber and you're looking uh, for a, a career change or looking for a new company to work for, give them a call. They're always looking for good plumbers. one best on Ring Mario himself. Mario at Best On Plumbing at one best on Vinny, who was Best On? Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Look, I know the boys at Best On love a Cinderella story. They do. I know they love Cinderella, but that's tale. a video we watch together on a different <laughs> occasion. But um, I'm going to give the Best On to Cinderella story boy, oh. Ocheng. Oh, right. Adelaide boy mm. who came off the bench and he didn't have a lot to do, but he, he changed the game <laughs> mm. and he, he changed the hearts of all those people in Adelaide. So Adelaide is his tonight. Yeah. You are a romantic, and Vinny, Vinny. Just quietly, I met him. At a one-to-one town hall meeting about three years ago, he was a young uh, national youth player in Adelaide, and we're doing a bit of a filming project. And he was part of it, and he was a guy wishing that he was going to get an opportunity. He was training with the first team and everything, but I never heard of him before, so he wasn't getting any game time. That was three years ago. He's been at the club, right. and they've moved on a lot of young players, but stuck with him. Yeah. And obviously, the faith of the club, and also. You know, he would have been in the car park like Craig Johnston practicing that shot over and over and over again. And suddenly in front of a, you know, 11,000 people or 10, what is it, 10,000, 10,500 people? Yeah, 10 you know, it, hometown uh, for the match well. winner. Didn't he take oh, it yeah. well? Yeah, Didn't he did. take it well? Mm. And, uh, and then congratulations to him. I, I feel that it's, it reminded me of Makeda when he scored that goal for Man U. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I just think that his future yeah. now is going to go on a trajectory and he's going to get loaned out and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Well, but he's what... my best on player because he just made a difference. We'll end up at Melbourne City next year. Thank you very much there, <laughs> Vinny <laughs> Venezuela. Hey, it's time for a break. Give us a call. 94291116. No Warren tonight. Be the fourth Diego. Be Warren's grumpy best, 9429-1116. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Winning is a beautiful thing. When you win, you eat better, sleep better, your beer tastes better, and your wife looks like Paris Hilton. Jeez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. To the final whistle here in 1116, SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City at home 2-1 tonight. Fornaroli scoring first for City in the fourth minute. McGowan in the tenth for Adelaide United. And then Ocheng 
in the 87th minute. It was at Cooper Stadium in front of 10,607 people. So not a bad crowd for a team that's uh, languishing on the bottom of the table. Um, so good support from uh, Adelaide fans. A, bit, a few less than the weekend when they played victory because Troisi clan didn't turn up. <laughs> the 33 or whatever. Would have been, yeah, there would have been uh, 11,000 there, Pete Carlos. <laughs> Give us a call because we'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you're a Melbourne City fan, if you're a Melbourne Victory yeah. fan, plenty of Melbourne Victory fans <laughs> off the text message. Got a lot to say yeah. on the text message, haven't they? Let's just do this one from Chock in Cribby. As the Beatles song goes, money can't buy you wins. Oh, sorry, I mean love. Mm. So just a bit of a crack there. Um, ah, Melbourne heart or oh, city. You never disappoint. Uh, there you go. Um, geez, the refs are no worse than the ones in the Premier League. A bit of perspective, please. Um, what happened to the good old saying, give the benefit uh, to the attacker, Adrian from Geelong? Yes, of course. Um, he must be a city city guy. Absolutely. And Marie, uh, g'day Marie. Hi, guys. I tipped Adelaide FC and ha, 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 city. So yeah. actually getting a lot of victory supporters mm. off the SMS here tonight. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. If you've got a, a text message, uh, make sure you do that. Coming up very, very soon. Carlos is uh, going to do the uh, mm. football audit. Um, and I'll tell you what, soon. for all the men in the world, this is a really important one. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'd love to hear from you. What is the hot topic? Is the oops, I did it again. Hotline? It's the it's the ouch ouch hotline. Oh, Vinny's, um, Rodrigo, Vinny's, Vinny's holding firm. Yeah. I'm holding. Not the whoops. Yeah, we we apologise. What was to the other M. Britney Spears one? The, yeah. the whoops. Yeah, oops I, I did it again. again. Whoops, that's, I did that's it again. From Beast Doncaster. That's the old song. Remember, remember yeah. her song. But Vinny, you're probably uh, not, not too a, cool for. Britney yeah. Spears. That's about right, Rodrigo. <laughs> 9429-1116. We'd love to hear from you. G'day, Tom in Greenvale. Welcome to the final whistle. Evening, Diego's. How are you going? Yeah, very well, Very Tom. well, mate. A couple uh, points if I could. Uh, City Group, just get off your off your butt and actually appoint a manager. We're, we're not in dream world now, so we just need to get that manager in place and get the ball rolling again while the momentum's still there. And uh, secondly, Tonic just playing another masterclass. So we yeah. don't have to a super... There. Man Mountain, love you, him. You know, six months ago he was training with those Adelaide players, and he wasn't in their first team. And tonight he he absolutely. I know the team lost, but uh, he was just he was just so good that I think uh, that you know even, he's what played five games, five games. He's got all the attributes of a modern European defender. And for me, Ange Postacoglu, I know you listen to us, Ange. <laughs> How are you, mate? I hope you're having a good night tonight. Uh, listen, just bring him into the squad and just sit him there and let him learn. Don't play him. Just let him learn. Let him, let him play. Let him, let him just play at training, be part of every squad. If you've got a 20-man squad, bring another one in. He'll sit in economy, right, so you don't have to worry about the cost of it. Just bring him in. Start nurturing. Start bringing him on because he is the modern-type defender, big, strong, can read the game beautifully, got a beautiful touch on him, and he distributes the ball really, really well. And it's not his fault as an individual defender that they're conceding the odd soft goal. They, hey, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Vinny. I was going to say there was a moment in the first half where he was sort of isolated with the ball and yeah. he had two Adelaide players coming towards him. Yeah. And I thought he was going to stuff it up because yeah, yeah. of the immaturity. Yeah. But he kept his head Absolutely. and you know, put in a dummy, went around the other guy and then put in a nice firm mm. pass, as you said, Carlos, to, to one of his players. And yeah. I just thought, that's class. And it was his pass that Tim Cahill dummied for uh, Kamau to cross to Fornaroli. It's actually one of the – when he's running out of defence, it's actually quite hard to get a bit of power behind your pass if it's going to go a 30, 40-metre pass around, along the ground. But he's actually got some really good – he's got a really good um, you know, timing of his pass and a, quite a firm pass. So he can go past and pen, penetrate a couple of the midfielders quite easily. And that's what led to oh, – it was a, probably a 30 or 40-metre 
pass along the ground that went through to Kamau, who ran onto it, then crossed for Fornaroli in that goal. Tom, you still there? Yes, I am. So uh, you are you a glass-half-full or glass-half-empty guy when it comes to Melbourne City's form at the moment? Oh, look, I'm, I'm glass-half-full. I mean, look, you know, we haven't played absolutely hopeless. We're just uh, on the brink there, but we just need the right manager to get in there and get the boys' momentum going and get their chins up and go again. Tom, can I be? Can I ask you a question? I love Super Tim. You know I love Super Tim. But is one dummy enough from someone like Super Tim as a Melbourne City supporter? What do you think? Yeah, look, I think, uh, Vinny, you're spot on. I think uh, my whole idea of Timmy when he came in was going to be as an impact player and we're playing him 90 minutes, which I just don't think he's up for. Yeah, and, and by the way, given that they're paying him, playing him, uh, as much as they are, I think he's been really good for the club. I mean, even the best players, even the Fornaroli will have the odd off game, Vinny, but I think he's had an impact in certain parts of the game in every game he's played. So, But tonight might have been a good game. I agree with Tom, maybe a good game to get him off the bench and spark the team when they needed it. It was always going to be a really hard game against Adelaide tonight. They felt that they should have beaten, uh, should have beaten Melbourne. Oh, they should have done better against Melbourne because they've been creating chances and they would have gone in really desperate tonight. Um, and that's why I think that, um, you know, there was every chance a result like this was going to happen. But perhaps, you know, in hindsight, City should have started Timmy off the bench and then brought him on to add that little bit extra when they needed it a bit later in the game. You know, there was a moment in the game where Franich got whipped the ball over to Super Tim in classic Super Team man- manoeuvre where it just comes, Franish was coming down the flank mm. and he just puts it in the mix and, and Tim gets it and does the magic that he does. And I don't know why City don't manufacture more of those sorts of runs because that's that's Super Tim's bread and butter. And even if that's just a foil for then Fornaroli to pick up the scraps or Brandan to come in and pick up the scraps, as an outsider, that's what that's what I think um, Super Tim I is dynamic that, at. Yeah, but I think – I don't go to their training or anything like that, but I think it's it's so well known. Is that because you're at the town hall? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've got my own town hall, and I don't go to the academy because, you know, they don't have a town hall there. But uh, I, I would I would be shocked because it's all about – the A-League training or professional training these days is all about patterns, rehearsing patterns all around the park, not just – you know, when I was coming through, it was just set pieces, corners and stuff like that, and free kicks, and we stand around for bloody 40 minutes or something like that, and you just... In some the of the, Yeah, exactly right. But now they actually uh, rehearse patterns all over the pitch. And I would be shocked if City weren't rehearsing the Franich ball, whip the ball early into the box to a, to a you know, a rising kale. Uh, because, it, you know, the number of goals at international level and now club mm. level that uh, Franich has serviced for Kale, I think that's something that you want to refine as much as possible. And we are seeing more and more of it. And I think it's all about the positions Franich gets into and people being able to you know, serve him properly. And then, of course, Timmy will always find his way once Franich is in the vicinity. So, uh, yeah, I think it's happening enough, Vinny. Um, and I think they'd be practising it. It's just they've got to grab the ball and get the right, in the right position. Thanks for your call, Tom. Really appreciate your contribution tonight. 94291116. Be the fourth Diego tonight if you're a City fan or if you're a Victory fan. What are your <laughs> thoughts on City? <laughs> Give us a call. 94291116. I want a Victory fan. Actually, we've got to try and find a prize. A t- 
for for a victory fan to ring up and be sympathetic <laughs> to Melbourne City. Yeah. Can well, someone the, be sympathetic without being sarcastic and disingenuous? Yeah, just read this. Is this yeah. sympathetic? Bad decisions are part of the game. You get some, you lose some. Yes, yeah. I'm a victory fan, and it may come across biased, but City fans, don't forget how many decisions have gone your way this season. At the end of the day, the game is 90 minutes. One bad decision is not the only reason you lost the game from Panna. Oh, look, that's even-tempered, even balanced. Tempered. Uh, and just a, a subtle dig, I think. And, and can I just say, you would never hear Kevin Musket really say that <laughs> if it had gone against yeah. victory. Well, you, you know, as much as Muskie doesn't publicly acknowledge City at all, you know, unless they're playing them, he'd be at home right now, and maybe the team would be with him. Um, Having you know, pizza? Is it night before the game? Pizza before the game? <laughs> probably, you know, a couple of sausages, like the sausage sizzles. They're probably having that at Kevin's place. And, uh, and I reckon they'd be having a good old little chuckle right now because by Tuesday night... The victory could be 12 points clear, uh, and that's only in second place, <laughs> 12 points clear of Melbourne City. Uh, and that would be, I think, a source of joy, given early in the season, it was almost the reverse at times, with uh, with City uh, getting all the kudos compared to victory. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. 94291116, we'd love to hear from you. It's uh, 17 minutes to 11. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. If you uh, need some uh, tax instructions or if you need a company that's going to look after you from a tax perspective um, and from a finance perspective, give Tax Talk a call on 1300 366 639. Dom and the team there have been doing it for over 30 years. They know exactly what to do. 1300 366 639. Carlos? Yes, it's going to be a forensic Tax Talk audit tonight. And I'm going to audit every man, every man out every there, man. Not, no, no woman and child, just every man out there who laughed <laughs> when Osama Malik went down, when the ball hit him on the knee, he got contact with the tool shed. He did. And he went down. We all know how much it hurts. Yes. I'm speaking to all the men out there. All the I, women I out there, look, at, you're irrelevant right now because you don't know what this feels <laughs> like, right? Every man in the world at some stage has been hit in the tool shed at some and we know what the pain is and how it lingers, right? But we all laugh at someone else when it happens. So I audit. I'm auditing every man in the world who laughed when he went down. And secondly, I want to audit the referee, oh. who is a man, and he would know how much it hurt, and he still gave him a yellow <laughs> yes, card afterwards. He did too. It's a disgrace. A forensic audit, tax talk audit. Dominant team are on this already. For every man in the world who knows the pain. I laughed. I've got to say, I laughed. Thank you very much. Uh, not a bad uh, tax audit uh, there from regard with thanks to Tax Talk. Hey, we're getting a few text messages. A uh, bit of a, a big bash update. Um, I've got to say, the Renegades made 223, and with eight balls to go, the, um, the Hurricanes need... 18 runs to win. So it's unbelievable. One of the uh, McDermott made 100 off about 45 balls. So we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on who wins that game. I need to take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Mama wanted me to be a preacher. I told her the preaching and coaching were a lot alike. I don't think she believed me. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego's. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Yes, that seals it, I think. Thanks to Emmy Doncaster, it is the uh, Oops, I Did <laughs> a, uh, Hotline. <laughs> on your Pedro on the panel, that's a good one. There you go, Vinny. That's the song. That's uh, Britney Spears. Is that her? That uh, was her 
That was her first big hit. Catapulted to fame. I don't don't want to get people too fired up, you know, because it is a football show, but she was wearing the the schoolgirl above-the-knee dress, and she was (laughs) dancing in the basketball gym with all her other... Friends, uh, the cheerleaders with the basket with the with the basketball. Sorry, the cheerleading gear on and the pom pons and the. It was uh, a young man, not us, but a young man, unmarried young man, dream. Well, you know, she was at university. Fantasy. There at you go. university, she was at university, of course. Well, I thought it was secondary school. Well, she was a bit older than that. No, for the, I'm talking <laughs> for the secondary school kids. You know, not not for us. No, no, no. Just quietly, I'm happy I know nothing about this song. <laughs> Look at you boys go on. Oh, Take it easy. It used to be video hits, you know, or that's whatever true. was uh, the morning show with Donny Sutherland. What's, what was that? Sounds that Unlimited. Sa- that's right. Sounds Sounds. I'm sure it was after yeah, Donny Sutherland yeah. on, yeah, on yeah. Sounds, mate. <laughs> Night Moves was um Lee was Simon, they're good, they're, they're good man, they're good friend, Lee Simon. And 94291116. Give us a call, 94291116. Adelaide United uh, beating Melbourne City tonight mm. 2-1 in what? It's an upset. Uh, it's a big upset. Uh, Fornaroli scored. McGowan then scored. And Notcheng scored a little beauty in the 87th minute. Uh, 10,607 people were at Cooper's. It may have been an upset on paper, but was it a real surprise, guys? Well, yeah. Look, if you look at the um, if you look at the, yes. the teams and their positions on the ladder, it was an upset. Yeah, oh, but the way the way both teams have been playing, it's not a huge upset. Well, I thought it's not victory, like a victory discarded Adelaide last week. I thought they two um, nil. They did it. To my, to my to my view, in a canter, for City to go over there, um, look, maybe not a canter. Yeah, I didn't but, think it was a canter. But but yeah. they did, they beat them, and they did yeah. enough. But for me, uh, uh, what term did you use? Uh, um, an upset. You, you yeah, used I thought it was an upset. Uh, for me, an upset is Central Coast Mariners beating Melbourne Victory when they're at their best. That's an upset. Yeah. Right. When. No, go, I think to, to to me this was an yeah, upset. Okay. I think um, yeah. most people would have picked Melbourne City tonight, um, and. Yeah. When you look at the data, Carlos, when you look at the ladder and what the, what, what it's speaking to you... Yeah, that's you, on paper, though, Vinny. Well, that's, that's on paper. Fine. But when you, watch, when you have a look at the, what both teams have been playing, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe, maybe, I, maybe the word upset for me, I, I, for me, that's a bigger... That's, for me, that's um, uh, a stronger word than maybe how you're It was using a disappoint. It. Yeah, I think it was more a disappointment. Well, of course, yeah. it's upset, disappointment, yeah. same yeah, thing, yeah, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think if you're a City fan, Carlos, you're going to be more than disappointed. Yeah, you're going to you'll be get upset. over it by tomorrow. You will get over it by tomorrow. Just you, you the... will, sorry, you will get over it. But, yeah. you know, it's a game there to be won. These guys are cellar dwellers. You guys, you know, are the, are the up-and-comers, the movers and shakers. Yeah. And you don't do the job that you, you know you were destined to do. Yeah. That's upsetting. <laughs> okay. Fair I agree. Enough. Yeah. So um, at the cricket and listening to the uh, Diego's, this is fantastic. Good on your bread in St Albans. Um, Carlos Musket letting his fantasy <laughs> become public with uh, Britney Spears. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, that's, what, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Um, boys, please tell me the Fox Sports team interviewed Kilkenny after the game. He would be beside himself. <laughs> very good. Um, and just off the uh, um, on the big bash, the Hurricanes need nine runs off three balls against the Melbourne Renegades. But anyway, go. Um, so nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Um, good to see Adelaide United picking up the baton and winning again. A League can only benefit from all teams competing. Not like Central Coast looked hopeless last season when they were bottom of the table. That's uh, Tom in Greenvale. True, so, true. So that's uh, true. Because so I suppose to what your point about it not being an upset, even though Adelaide were on the bottom. Yeah, they they are they they you know they they haven't been the worst team in A League history. That's the that's I suppose that's the point I'm making because they Adelaide on their day at home when they need to win could beat anyone in the league, including Sydney. Yeah, that's fair enough. Mm. 
just another another low for this club. No wonder we struggled to get crowds. Time for a new, experienced attacking coach with this squad. It's not good enough. That is we'll a talk, talking point. We're Next definitely going to talk yeah. about that yeah. a lot. It's uh, six minutes to eleven. Carlos's Young Gun. With thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping, uh, they start this year. They're looking forward to uh, getting their first cohort through the system today and um, creating some uh, future champions. 9409 is the phone number, or check out the Northern Football Academy on the internet. Carlos, who was your young gun? Yes, look, I'll tell you, early on, Bruce Kamau, wow, he was fantastic. Yep. Back to his brilliant best, taking two and three players on, maybe going back home. Uh, probably fired him up a bit, and he certainly wasn't. He didn't freeze in front of his uh, former crowd. Uh, if they were yelling things at him, he was reveling in it. That's for sure. But I'm going to go with Ruan Tonyik, and I, we talked about this a bit earlier on. Uh, you know, Ange, you're out there. Bring him into the squad. Not necessarily to play him, but I want him to. I want us to fast track. You know how the Australian cricket team fast tracks some of their guys, some of the young guys. I want us to start fast tracking this guy who's clearly going to be a star of the future. Get him rubbing shoulders against some of the best players we've got. Get him rubbing shoulders or getting used to the environment of uh, elite World Cup football because this guy is going to be a – I think he's going to be a uh, – he's got the attributes, sorry, to be a, one of our great defenders. And I know he's only played five games, but he's got everything to be – so let's fast track him, let's look after him and see how far he can go. Uh, is that the first – that's not the first time he's won the young gun, I don't think, is, is it? No, no, I think he's – it's uh, – yeah, I think it's pretty – I think his first game he gave him the young gun too, yeah, yeah, Carlos. No, it's just – I just – if you look at all the great defenders in world football, he's got everything. And, um, you know, he's got the height, he's got the strength, he's got the speed, he's got the anticipation, he's got the touch, he, he's, he's great. He actually is a really good uh, decision maker on the ball. He knows – when to run with it, he knows when to pass it. I don't think I've seen him turn over anything. Um, he was probably found out a little bit with that long ball from the Adelaide half that led to that second goal. It went over the top of him, but the team was stretched at that point anyway. So, uh, you know, I think they were just caught on the, on the counter-attack, and that's what happens sometimes. There you go. There's Carlos's young gun with thanks to the Northern Football Academy. Um, just in the big bash, uh, the scores are level. Um, the Hurricanes need one run off one ball. <laughs> you want to call it? Run, uh, well, we've yeah, got to go to a break. And we're not allowed uh, to call it, are we? No, we no, won't no. be calling it. But um, yes. one run off, they're taking so so long. So um, Pereira, the Sri Lankan, has got none for 58 off 3.5 overs, which is uh, pretty unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Broad, the Englishman, is um, has just uh, skied it and uh, the Hurricanes win. They they win an unbelievable victory to the Hobart Hurricanes. Um, they they ran down two hundred and twenty three, and uh, won the game against the Renegades. Jeez, that's bad. Anyway, let's take a quick break and come back with more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home. On 1116 SEM, the four Diego. The let's that go and Kamau's free in the far side. Sends across four to roll. He's in and he scores. That is a magnificent play. Cahill was the architect with that dummy. Kamau crossed. And Bruno Fornaroli has put it away. And just like that, it's 1-0 Melbourne City. Here's a chance. There it is. And there's a goal. 
They've got the equalizer, Dylan McGowan with a header. And we have got an equalizer. It's 1-1 in the 10th minute. It might be a chance. Ocheng is in. Ocheng shoots, and he oh. scores! That is an incredible play. And this crowd is going insane. Yes, welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. Great to have you along on this uh, Thursday night edition. Mm. Um, as you heard from Ed Wyatt uh, there, d- doing a wonderful job with the SEN Cool team. Uh, Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2-1. Fornaroli scoring McGowan and Ocheng uh, scoring the winner in the 87th minute. Cooper Stadium, 10,607 people. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Thanks for your company, Vinny Venezuela. You've been here for an hour or so. I and, have. Uh, you're flying. And uh, Carlos Alberto Diego, no Warren tonight. Yes, I, I'm actually hearing, we're, we're in a soundproof studio at SEN City here, <laughs> SEN Central, right? And I can hear the collective laughs of victory fans all around Melbourne. That's how big the laughs are. And, uh, and I like that because I like the rivalry that's grown because I'm sure the City fans would have been chuckling quite loudly in the early part of the season when Victory, Victory was struggling too, Vinny. No one's playing This Is Our City tonight, are they, uh, Carlos? It's, <laughs> it's all true. quiet. It's true. It's all yeah. The Oops, I Did It Again hotline on 9429-1116 is yours. Give us a call, 9429-1116. No, Warren, you be Warren tonight. <laughs> Why don't you impersonate Warren tonight? The, the, the Whoops, I Did It Again one, it's kind of like it was an accident... You know, yeah. it's a silly mistake. You know, well, there's an innocence to, to it. That's why I don't like it. The ouch hotline is, wow, that really yeah, hurt. There's I, more pain. Yeah. With, with all due respect to Emma, I agree with Vinny because it's not like if they're in a slump right now, two losses in seven games, right? That's not a bad slump to have, given that the rest of them have just been draws, right? Um, and uh, what one win, one win in seven. So uh, it's not like they keep on losing, but... They keep on probably not reaching, not getting the result they need to keep in touch with the likes of Victory and also Sydney FC because that gap is growing. And uh, don't you reckon that Victory are going to have an extra spring in their step at training and in games uh, so they can you know, make sure they widen that gap to 12 points by Tuesday night? Well, Victory are playing tomorrow night and um, they're playing Brisbane Raw. So it's a big, big game tomorrow night. So Victory fans, you're at home. Uh, the SEN call team will be there, of course, and... Uh, We'll be here at 10 o'clock tomorrow night uh, for the final whistle. That's going to be a huge game. And can you imagine John Aloisi now just saying to the to his boys about, like, victory are going to want this badly. Yep. Let's capitalise on their, their hunger. Yep. Because that, that's where you could potentially become vulnerable because you're, you're too keen. Well, here's a question for you guys. If Brisbane beat victory away from home tomorrow night in Melbourne, is that going to be an upset? Well... Not, not as big an upset as it was tonight. Only because of the ladder positions. Well, uh, yeah, only because yeah. of what the expectation was tonight. But I think... Oh, no, know, the expectation, I think, with, with this Adelaide, mm. you expect them that they could actually do this. But the ladder position, I think, makes it an upset. But with tomorrow night, I, I fully... I wouldn't be surprised at all if Brisbane... No, so it wouldn't be an upset. If, if Brisbane... But some ruled. people might think that it would be. Especially if you're yeah. a victory supporter, Carlos. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you, would, you wouldn't think it's... A, no, I think it'd be a disappointment, not an upset, <laughs> right? Because of, because of the, the, the yeah. point margin, because yeah. that yeah. gap... Yeah. We've still got a comfortable gap yeah. between cities, so mm. Mm. it would be a disappointment. How about just a mild discomfort? <laughs> yeah, it'd be mild <laughs> discomfort for sure. For yeah. sh- absolutely for sure. <laughs>
9429 Hey, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, City fans, victory fans. Um, we talked a lot about uh, in the early part of the show yet uh, before. We talked to the referee, the offside, the, mm. the, um, the call on Colazzo. When yeah. you, when clearly, it, what, clearly, clearly on the replay. Yeah, the replays show us. Uh, no, I mean, it was in the first half. It would have, they would have gone 2-1 up or 2-0 up at that point. Well, they, they yeah, definitely. It would have been 2-1 two, at that point. Because McGowan, yeah. who was yeah. potentially slightly offside, uh, was allowed that goal. Slightly yeah. offside, but, yeah. but you know, it yeah. was one of those marginal ones. You where, can never pick it up yeah. with, the, with the human eye. Rodrigo, you know the recent uh, proposal about expanding the World Cup and how it's sort of been greeted with a little bit of conjecture and, and some people have, have warmed to it, whereas mm. others have said no. Do you think if... Uh, Mr. Infantino said, and, and just to, as a bit of a sweetener, video refereeing. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't you think that oh, we get think, it across I, the line? I'll tell you what, if he wants to be voted in for the next 30 years, bring in v- video refereeing, un- unfettered video refereeing. Yeah. <laughs> Unfet- have videos everywhere. everywhere. Like, like the NFL, like, uh, you know, I think AFL can't afford to have it like the NFL, uh, but the, the, the American sports have it everywhere. If they can have unfettered video, oh. uh, there'd be a lot of players bringing the game with disrepute, but that's okay. They but you can be. have as many yeah. teams as you want in the World oh, Cup. Oh, yeah. And then you would not have... i tell you what, I reckon referees... See, the thing is, people are saying, and you know, the old school would say, oh, but you're not trusting the referees. The human factor makes it really interesting. i, I tell you what, referees, if they were told... We're bringing, we're bringing in uh, you know, uh, video referees... To help you do your job, uh, to to you know make sure you're not ridiculed or you know ripped apart after every game because of one decision when you've had ninety or eighty nine minutes of good stuff and you make one decision, I reckon referees will put their hand up and say, "Yep, bring it on." That the, the uh, fourth official would just have an iPad, just, <laughs> just right. hold it up to, <laughs> I, I, you know, to the, the gaffer. I, with, I think if you want to win over even more referees, you not only have the video referee for the central referee, but you have. The fourth referee in a soundproof box. Yeah. <laughs> kind of silence. <laughs> Absolutely, where they can't get at you. All you can see was is these, you know, uh, you know, gesticulation from uh, Kevin Muscat and Tony Popovich, but you won't hear a word that they're saying. If you were like disgustingly wealthy, but you wanted to just commit to being a referee just because of the love of the game, <laughs> yeah. and you were a fourth official, would you hire a bouncer to just <laughs> stand beside you? Just to... I'm surprised that they... I think they, they almost do, not on the ground, but as they're walking off, the security get out there and walk around. Yeah, them. no, I'm saying on the ground for when, when, oh. when, when someone like Muscat's having a crack at oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- I would go that little bit extra. <laughs> just off the text message here, won't be an upset. I'll still be laughing being nine points ahead. LOL, Landy and Landy as well. Boys, they're simply not good enough. Too many draws. They play out of their skin in big games and can't show up to others. Uh, There you go. Yes, it will be an upset as Victory think they've won something already this season. Jumping the gun, Victory fans. Ooh, okay. And there you go. A City fan or a non-Victory fan is having a crack back. Probably the first tonight, really. Replace Warren? Just put a marshmallow on his chair, Dalton. <laughs> I don't like saying that because he's not here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still funny, Dalton. Well, last week it would have been a hemorrhoid on his chair. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, literally, Carlos, nine four two nine eleven sixteen or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Just off the text message, and we'll um, after I read this, we'll go. We'll uh, play uh, Michael Volcanus's. Um, uh, interview with Fox Sports. Just another low for this club. No wonder we struggle to get crowds. Time for a new, experienced attacking coach. With this squad, it's not good enough. I think it's time to probably talk about uh, that situation, but let's have a listen to Mike Volcanis uh, with thanks to 
Fox Sports. Mike Valkanis has been good enough to join us uh, after that loss. Uh, Mike, firstly, just your assessment uh, on your team's performance. No doubt disappointed after going up uh, early on in the game. Yeah, look, I think uh, we completely dominated and uh, we created enough chances to win the game. I think we had them against the wall for long periods of the game and especially that uh, period in the second half where you know, we got into the box many times, many balls across the box and I saw the stats as well, uh, but we just didn't convert. Uh, from a style point of view, yeah, we, we, we played the football we want to play. Unfortunately, we didn't get the goals. Uh, it might have been a different game as well, Zappa. I'm not too sure about Colazzo's goal, if it was a goal or not. Uh, going up 2-0 at halftime probably would have been a different story um, and probably would have uh, made Adelaide have to open up uh, a little bit more because they did, uh, uh, so to speak, get behind the ball, get numbers behind the ball, and we had to try and break them down and they tried to hit us on the counter-attack uh, and... Uh, for once, it did work. It worked, and uh, they got a goal out of it. But overall, I think the effort of the players was uh, fantastic. They didn't stop right to the end. They played the way we want to play. Uh, we've just got to make sure we convert those chances. Uh, Michael, Josh here. Were you a little bit surprised in that first half? Uh, they played a few balls over the top to sort of stretch you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isai is playing a few in behind, and, and Thierry are really running into things in behind and, and causing a few problems. Was that something you expected from your time in Adelaide or, or something you didn't expect? <laughs> No, I think it's a little bit changed from uh, my time in Adelaide. They're a little bit more direct now and hitting balls over the top, and we saw that in the last few games as well. Uh, and looking towards the end, like I said, uh, they got us on the counter-attack and they were looking for the counter-attack uh, the whole second half. So, look, we had them against the wall. Uh, we tried uh, to break them down. We tried to get into the box and we created chances. And it could have been a different game, uh, obviously, if we converted those chances. But but we have to be positive and we have to keep moving forwards. And that's football. We played a, a team that uh, it was a do-or-die game for them as well. And uh, for Melbourne City, every week it's a grand final. We know that. But uh, for also for Adelaide today, they, <laughs> they hadn't won in a while and uh, they gave everything as well. You've got to give credit to, to their work rate and, and their determination to try and get three points. Speaking of one of the positives for you tonight, I know you had a big part in bringing him to Melbourne City. The young defender, Ruan Tonic, uh, he's only played a handful of games, but uh, looking at him tonight, if you switch on your television for the first time or you're here at Cooper Stadium, you think this bloke's been playing for 10 years. He's, he's really growing into a player, isn't he? He's amazing. He's a, he's a wonderful young player and uh, his composure on the pitch. And, you know, we said it for a long time when I was in Adelaide and, and he came in as a 15-year-old. There's uh, that sort of uh, technique and running with the ball into midfield you, you, know, you can't uh, teach. He, he had it. Uh, and uh, his ability to... He's so composed and to run into midfield and to find the passes, he's excellent. And, and he was, I thought, even his defensive qualities today came through. He, was, he, was, uh, he had a very good game. And unfortunately for him, a performance like that probably deserved uh, to win. But... Uh, Look, he's growing and he's developing wonderfully. Michael, that the last 15 minutes of the game, we saw Fornaroli drop back into that sort of attacking midfield position where uh, Timmy got pushed up front. Was that just uh, Timmy ran out of steam a little bit and uh, Fornaroli needed to get in the game a bit more? Oh, look, they, they tend to swap and uh, Timmy wanted to go into number nine and uh, to get some, we well, getting the balls into the area, into the box and uh, Bruno's very strong at holding up the ball and, and playing it into feet and then getting it out into wide areas again. And there was a few times where he received it on the edge of the box and he was uh, trying to pull the trigger and shooting and he was getting blocked. And, and honestly, Adelaide's desperation was uh, fantastic today. They, they were desperate. They needed to, to get even a point and in the end with one counter-attack, they got the three points. So you can't take anything away from how hard they worked as well. 
Mike, thanks for joining us and uh, good luck for next week. Thank you very much. There's uh, Michael Valkanis with Michael Zapponi with thanks to Fox Sports. So um, one win, one loss for Valkanis as the head coach there. Yep. Um, what do you think about uh, what he had to say? As, as I said last week, He's in a situation because he's still looked as a rookie coach. I know he's been around for a while as an assistant at Adelaide and he coached youth teams in Adelaide and he's come in, you know, oil reports, he's an impressive uh, understudy or an assistant coach to John Van Skip while, during his time at Melbourne City. Uh, but he, for him to keep this job, he needs to win every week. That's, that, unfortunately, that's the situation for him. Uh, there's no room for disappointing performances uh, because that just gives the his employers, uh, you know, the right to be able to say, okay, well, he's just a really good fill-in. He's a good guy. He'll be a good assistant coach, but we'll get someone else in. But if he keeps on winning, he knocks down the door. It's like a player in the reserves knocking down the door to play in the scene. Eventually, he's got to get a, get a go. So what disappointed me a little bit about what he said there, and unfortunately, it's a thing that it's a Tony Popovich thing where, you know, by saying a team is direct or a team plays a counter-attack, it's almost besmirching the other team. Yeah. It's almost like it's, it's, you're really, in football, that's a way to put the other team down. But I think a lot of coaches, for some reason, feel by saying that in the public, it's sort of saying, oh, well, they won in an underhanded sort of a way, or they won in, a, in, a, in an unclassy sort of a way. And so us losing by playing... Football that's possession-based and beautiful football, and we're carving up the opposition by pure possession. That we're the better people, even though we lose. Now, let me just say to Mike Valkanis, that's good for one game, maybe two games. But if you're not winning, if you're not dealing with that situation over medium to long term, you're not going to be at that club. So, you know, this whole thing about a team being direct, or 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 a team that plays on the counter attack somehow being lesser than a team that plays, you know, and winning, by the way, and then team that plays a possession-based football and doesn't win, well, it doesn't cut it with me. So I'll give him what he said tonight, but if you're going to keep on saying that down the track and not win, I think, it, it you know, people out there are much more smarter and, uh, you know, the fans out there are much more mature and they know the game a bit better to be able to just cop that. I don't think you can say you completely dominated the game and when you've lost the game because you didn't. And well, sixty-one. I mean, in possession, sixty-one yeah, percent to forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, that, and yeah. and yeah, you can you can have possession, but you you got to win the game. Yeah. And you can have possession and just keep it in your half, but that doesn't mean you're attacking it with any intent. And I I don't know that they attacked vigorously well, these tonight. Are the, these are the stats, Vinny. Yeah. Uh, nine shots to ten. Nine shots to Adelaide. Ten shots to Melbourne City. Uh, balls in the area. This is this is, this is really telling. 33 balls in the area for Melbourne City, 17 to Adelaide, mm-hmm. and passes complete, which means this is just a useless stat, <laughs> 482 passes complete for Melbourne City and 214 for Adelaide United. Now, the telling one there is 33 times into the area uh, to 17 from Adelaide and only 10 shots at goal. So Adelaide obviously scrambled really well in their back in their penalty area, in their back third. Uh, they denied the shots from City. So obviously, for some reason, they couldn't open up Adelaide. Uh, that may have been because they were sitting back and maybe trying to absorb. But ultimately, they only got 10 shots at goal. If you're dominating, you're testing that keeper even more. Now, I don't know how many shots on target 
that 10 was. And I don't know how many shots on target the 9 was. But uh, for me, that's not so different. And if you look at the goal that uh, the young boy Oching scored at the end, you couldn't get more beautiful goal. Mm, and the four yeah. touches from the ball just outside the area, pass to Guardiola, first time pass to Oching, that's beautiful football. I've got to say, given the dominance of Melbourne City on the stat sheet, I, you know, you can't begrudge. You, you, during the game, I didn't think that Adelaide were that bad. No. You know, they, mm. as it was going, I thought they deserved a point. But then when they scored, it, it, to me, it wasn't out of the blue, no. even though City were dominating as much as they were. So that's really, really interesting. Just off the text message, dominating and uh, killing the game off are two totally different things. Melbourne City FC need to apply this mentality. Missing this with uh, JVS... Uh, and Volcanus need the right manager who can exact this or extract this from his talented team. That's Tom Rango. Absolutely. And uh, if there was any criticism of, of John Van Skip, that hard edge that I suppose Australian sports people love, um, and this doesn't diminish him as a coach at all, but in some countries, in some places, uh, you know, quelling that edge or softening that edge is actually better. But in Australia, you're almost that hard edge demanding that killer instinct. Uh, I think he has that in the players, but maybe the expectation to kill off the teams are not really there. Uh, there's no doubting Melbourne City's ability. No doubting that. No doubting the uh, attributes of the players. And there's no doubting the fact that there's an ugly nastiness to some of their players, which I think is a welcome addition compared to what they used to have. Uh, in previous years. Uh, the problem is that I think they get mentally lazy at times and there's this arrogance that's probably unfounded at the moment. And the way they the way they defend sometimes, and I'm not talking about their back four or their back three, I'm talking about what happens in midfield, the way they defend sometimes is a little bit arrogant. Uh, and it's not lazy, but it's just an arrogance that uh, sometimes makes them concede goals. Yeah, they certainly need to work for for the full 90 minutes. And uh, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, Valkanis has done one thing. He's gone a back four instead of the, the, the three. And so he's he's addressing those things. I don't know that they had that many shots. Uh, they There weren't that many shots blocked by either goalkeeper either. So that, to me, tells me that while well, you may have had shots in... In the box or mm. in from attacking, you didn't really have that many sort of on target, on yeah. target yeah. that were were worthy, and I think that's where they fell down tonight. And, mm. and Adelaide just showed what counter attacking football is all about, didn't they? Bring on uh, Joseph G uh, off the text message, uh, Melbourne City FC. So, so there you go. Um, hey, let's take a break now, and uh, and just just in case you uh, have just joined us in the Big Bash League, um, the Hobart Hurricanes um, chased down two hundred and twenty two to defeat the Melbourne Renegades. Uh, it was unbelievable. Um, a young fella, McDermott, scoring 100 off about 45 balls for the Hurricanes. Um, and it was uh, pretty exciting uh, to watch in the background. Not that I was, because I was focused on this game, of course, <laughs> on this show. But anyway, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diegos after Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City 2-1. This is a four Diegos final whistle on 11-16 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. In 1997, a British man placed one of the most peculiar bets ever taken by bookmakers. Steve Caldercott of Birmingham had a $45 bet that his son Jack, then three and a half months old, would score a goal for England in the World Cup final in 2018, when Jack will be 21. The bookies gave odds of 50,000 to one, which would win Caldercott a cool $2.5 million. This has been a moment of supreme optimism. 
by the four Diegos. Your company here tonight on the final whistle on a Thursday night with the Diegos. The final whistle tomorrow night, of course, when Melbourne Victory take on uh, Brisbane Raw and what should be a fantastic game of football uh, tomorrow night. So we're back on at uh, 10 and the SEN call team will be obviously calling the game uh, before the Diegos tomorrow night. And don't forget disco nights on Saturday night with the Diegos <laughs> from 9 till 12 and, uh, you know, one sport, three hours. I love the challenge. Three hours. That's, uh, yeah. I remember we did five hours yeah, once, yeah, Carlos. It's true. Uh, it's true. And I did the last probably hour and a half from memory. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what I said. Yeah. It was probably the most incoherent lot of radio I've ever done. That says something. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just off the text message here before we go to you, Vinny. Honourable losses get old real quick. Andy in Townsville. G'day, Andy. Jeez. Nice to have someone from. It wouldn't up north. be hot. Yeah, it wouldn't be hot in Townsville tonight, no, would it? No, not at all. <laughs> Billy, so frustrating watching City every week. All the possession, all the completed passes, but there's not the magical creator in the midfield that's required for their style. Every team can sit back, smother Bruno, and counter against the weak defence. It's proven and it works. I don't mind Colazzo, but he's not the marquee this squad requires. I Billy. wonder how much they miss Kilkenny tonight, though. Yep. Yeah, big, big. he left a big hole there. Yeah, I think uh, Osama Malik's a, a, a solid type play, but he's no Kilkenny. And when Kilkenny's got the room to move and, uh, you know, gets the position that he wants um, and he's not too angry, uh, he does a, he's probably the most important player in that team at times. Now, Carlos, we had a text earlier about, you know, replacing, getting a better gaffer at, at um, City given you know, with what they've got behind them and the money behind them. My question is, how quickly can you replace a gaffer? Like, two days, he's only been there, you know, JVS has only been gone yep. two weeks. So how, how quickly could you conceivably, because there's paperwork to be done, Carlos. You've, <laughs> you've got to fill out forms. You can't, you know, people have got to, I don't know, sit yeah, for an interview. Get, they've got yeah, to meet you people. You get the you, employment agency yeah, involved and lots of stuff. I mean, I don't know if they do a cough test. Yeah. But <laughs> there, there are things that need to be that need to occur. So yeah. I don't know how quickly you can do it. Yeah, but Vinny, the city group, I mean, a lot of people were shocked at the Van Skip, you know, resigning and going back home to look after his sick dad. And it, it came out of the blue for all of us, and it came out of the blue uh, apparently for all the players. But I can guarantee that the it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been out of the blue for the City Group. I think John Van Skip has such a respect for his employers, they've such a respect for him that, and Van Skip probably wouldn't have made that decision overnight. He probably would have been sort of you know struggling with that decision for maybe a week or two. The minute yeah, the minute he would have probably thought there's a possibility, he would have told his employers. I also would be shocked if Citigroup, given the talk that Van Skip wasn't going to be there next year, that they're not always already targeting who they might want even for next year. And they might rush that along a bit more. So to answer that question, Vinny, for Citigroup, they don't need much time at all. In fact, they won't even go through an interview process. They'll just tap whoever they want on the shoulder, might be out of three or four, and they'll say, we want you for this job, we'll pay you this much, can you go now? Uh, they'll headhunt rather than sit, sit. I mean, like I said, Adam Peacock apparently said there were 60 applications. Well, if you've got to apply for that job, you're not going to get it. If you, if you, the person who's going to get that job is going to be a person who's been headhunted in some way. But even if, allowing for that scenario, yep. how quickly can you get the turnaround? So even if I say to you, listen, I want you for the job, 
you're taking training next week. Is that yeah. is that a conceivable oh, yeah, option? Absolutely. I mean, the coach has got to either be in contract somewhere and they've got to pay compensation for that coach, or they've got to uh, – he's not working. If he's not working and he's out of work right now uh, or in between jobs, he would be ready to come. So uh, the, the, these guys are professional footballers or professional coaches, and they, at a drop of the hat, will leave their family behind if they have to and go and take a job. I mean, John Aloisi, Ross Aloisi, they moved to Brisbane – to coach up in Brisbane, and their family uh, think we're back in Adelaide, uh, and I don't, know, I don't even know whether their families haven't gone up there yet. So uh, it's just the way of the world these days. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak to Alex Wilkinson at a town hall meeting a couple ah, of weeks yes, ago, yep. mm-hmm. and uh, and <laughs> we just Al- Alex was saying how much he appreciated his family because in the last five years he's moved from Korea, from Central Coast to Korea, uh, to Sid- to Melbourne to Sydney, um, and travelled the world with the Socceroos. And the the family basically the kids and the, and the wife they have to follow. Mm. So it's just the way of the world as professional footballers. You at a drop of the hat you move, and the number of players will say, "My transfer happened so quick. I'm here one day, next minute I'm in China or I'm you know or somewhere else or I'm in hot weather here and I'm cold weather there. It just happens so quick sometimes." Do you think City Group just missed out on Sam Allardyce because <laughs> <laughs> he was free? He would have come quickly. Well, you, you, look, uh, look. The only thing. I think they've shown the City Group is that they have all the money in the world, but they don't necessarily get the best person in the world for a job in Melbourne. They'll get yeah. the best person for the Melbourne market or the Australian market. So I think, personally, with the philosophy they've got, with the way they want to play football, with the links to someone like Pep Guardiola and Barcelona, I think Gombau is the one. Uh, Guillaume Moore, I think, came out this week and basically trashed any suggestion he was going to go to Sydney. Well, he did. He, he said that um, he hasn't heard from anyone or he's not talking to anyone. Yeah, but hang on. The manager's but he, but not talking. Yeah, so his agent. Did you say his agent's not he, talking no, to him? No, he didn't say that. Yeah. Okay, well, that's that's where the tricky bit comes in. Uh, and if they want a more, they might wait till next year. But I think it'll be a wasted year if they stay with a coach who is not going to take them there. I'm not saying Volcanas can't, but, you know, if he starts losing games and, and stuff like that, they won't win the league number one, because they won't catch Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, they might do well in a knockout series with the big players they have, uh, you know, in the final series. Uh, but I think they need to follow up the FFA Cup win with at least a grand final appearance this year for given, it to be success. Given what we know about City and what's behind them and their need to sort of impress a, a burgeoning market or to create interest in their brand... I don't think they can keep Valkanis. I don't think he's got the bumps on seat factor, the wow factor that'll get tongues talking. Because but, but if he wins games, Vinny, he will. Yeah, people, don't don't, people don't go to the game because of the coach. They'll go to the game to see the team win. Yeah, that's true too. But I think it's about marketing as much. I think, you've got to, I think they, they've got Cahill in, which, which was a marketing tool. I think but, that, but a player who will yeah, excite. Player, yeah, he'll he'll excite, excite. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Um, Given that they've got Fornaroli there at the moment, player who will excite. Will excite. I think that they need to get a, a gaffer who will excite. But and how will the gaffer will excite? He's got to yeah, he's got to win games, yeah, right? That's it, yeah. But I'm not convinced that Valcanis have got the runs on the board from from their perspective. You know, from an yeah. outsider perspective, he he may well win, and he's going to have to win convincingly all the time. That's right. And I think that will be his... Look, he won't get sacked after tonight, but he need if, he, if he's got real designs for that job, for the length of time he's there, he needs to win every week. 
but but we've often talked about sort of owning that dressing room and having that respect to the players and stuff like that. And so I guess that if if you want to build a big brand, you, you build it around big players. But maybe the next thing to do is to build it around. Uh, a manager yep. that has actually got a big reputation. Well, but the thing with that too, Vinny, is that sometimes the big ego clashes with the big ego of the players. So sometimes, remember uh, Del Bosque, uh, Vincenzo yep. Del Bosque uh, with the Real Madrid squad. Apparently he was more like an uncle for, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the cuddly uncle for all the big name players, the Galact- Galacticos, remember? And they won <laughs> things for him because they loved him. It's like an uncle at, at Christmas, you know. Give him a bit of a hug, have a bit of a wine with him, and he Pull just, let, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> he just he just let them play like kids in the schoolyard, and these guys really responded to that. So sometimes the ego, you might have an ego, but you just you keep it in check, let the players control things in a, in a way, and just you know, as as a father figure or a bit of an uncle figure, just just sort of guide them where you want them to go, and that's how Del Bosque coached. Uh, uh, great Real Madrid squads with Zidane in them and, and all those big players, Roberto Carlos and all those sort of guys. And sometimes that works, but it's not often. Usually you have to be a, a, a Mourinho who's a bigger ego than everyone or a Ferguson who's a bigger ego than everyone. I think they're the only sort of managers I know in world football who are guaranteed to win. And by the way, players love winning. So if you've got a manager that can guarantee wins, they'll listen to that manager. That's the other thing. Yep. Well, I was just going to say the whole... Two words, Mehmet Durakovic. Nice guy, yes. runs on the board, good good reputation as a player in, in, in our our leagues and yep. stuff like that, but didn't have enough to take the team where they needed to and go. And it fell apart quickly, Vinny. Yeah. So their presence in the change room, their presence in training. And I don't want that to happen to Valcanas because he's a nice guy. Yeah, look, I think the club, look, mate, he may be a, a guy that's going to be a champion coach going down the track. Uh, and if the club wants to give him a go, all for it, but he needs to win every week for him to be genuine chance of keeping that job full time. Just it's interesting uh, while you guys have been talking off the text messages. Uh, so true, Carlos. City Group will announce Joseph G tomorrow after the game with Adelaide has now passed. Respect to his former employers, Tom Rango. By criticising Valcanis, you're basically endorsing parking the bus. You have no idea. X Factor's got all the answers there because. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. By by criticising Valkanis, you're mm. basically endorsing parking the bus. So I, I must Playing be with endor- the back four. I, I must be endorsing the way at times Adelaide might have played tonight. Is that what that means? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But everyone's entitled to an absolutely, opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. Good on you, X Factor. Mm. Nice name. Joseph G <laughs> will have the same effect as Klopp has at Liverpool. I'm not sure about that, but uh, Klopp is really high in. T- well, like, look, when gossip. Gossip, Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Gombauer got Adelaide playing at their best and they were humming. Uh, it looked a really fantastic brand of football. It took him a while to get to that. So maybe he'll have a squad of better players this time around. And uh, that's if he takes over. Hmm. And, uh, and maybe he'll get them playing really well early. And Marcus thinks uh, Popovich to City for next season. And uh, Dalton says Sir Alex is on the way. <laughs> so they've got a lot of money, haven't they, Dalton? So... Hey, um, Adelaide United defeated Melbourne City tonight 2-1. Uh, Fornaroli scoring in the fourth. McGowan then in the tenth. And Ocheng scored the winner in the 87th. 10,607 were at Cooper Stadium. Uh, big win for Adelaide United. Big loss for Melbourne City tonight. Let's take a break and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Argentina's biggest and best supported club, Boca Juniors, were founded in 1905 by an Irishman named Patrick McCarthy and a group of Italian immigrants. 
the founding members, unable to decide what colours to play in, chose to adopt the national colours of the next ship to sail up the River Plate. The boat was Swedish, hence Bocker's strip of blue and yellow. This has been a useless trivia moment by the four Diego's. Thanks for your company on the final whistle tonight, this Thursday night, Adelaide United 2, Melbourne City 1, and uh, you had a few calls uh, today in the first hour, obviously some fantastic text messages here. But let's go to Peter from Collingwood, who's been very patient and waiting on the line on 94291116. G'day, Peter, and welcome to the final whistle. Oh, buenas noches, Diego. Yeah, buenas noches. Hey, Pete. Oh, thank you for uh, taking the call. Look, um, a couple of things, I suppose. Um, The first thing I wanted to say about Melbourne City is yesterday uh, we established a program here in the city of Yarra uh, involving housing estate young people and, um, you know, it's been running for a few years. Melbourne City um, arranged for us to have a practice match yesterday, which was fantastic, against a development squad. So, you know, it was really, you know, fantastic to see young people young players, most of them from, you know, different African countries, teenagers playing against kids who are part of a development squad. The work they're doing is fantastic on, you know, in terms of um, getting involved in the grassroots. But then we got the chance to watch the boys train and prepare for tonight's game. Um, now, look, I, I've got to sort of own up to the fact that I'm, I'm a member of Football Club Barcelona and I'm the president of the Supporters Club for Barca here in Melbourne. And I know Joseph Gombau and I know Guillermo. And um, I also know Michael Valcanis. And um, to have the privilege of being able to watch the team prepare um, and watching the game tonight, to be honest, I wasn't surprised because um, there was a lack of intensity in terms of preparing for the match. They've got a really good squad. There are three coaches at Melbourne City who are three Australian coaches. Um, There's Michael Valkanis, there's Montemuro, Joseph Montemuro, and I'm not sure the name of the third coach. Joe Palisides. Yeah, you've got three Australian coaches there. Um, And they're they're coaching against Guillermo Amor and Powell at Adelaide. And um, we're talking about Joseph Gombauer coming to coach at Melbourne City. Um, and it's just like the thing that blows me away is not so much the result of the game tonight and the performance. You look at the young players involved. You're talking about the young centre-back, Bruce Kamau, the young player who came on and scored the winning goal. Um, I don't know about you fellas, but I I just think football is um, in in a really good place. And when you're talking about Joseph coming in to coach at Melbourne City and Guillermo staying at Adelaide um, and the work that Graham Arnold's doing, you've got Paul O'Con at Central Coast and John Aloisi at Brisbane and um, what's his name, Kenny Lowe at Perth. And, you know, it's just like, um, you know, go back 10 years. The game's really, pardon mm. me for saying this, kicking ass. Mm. Yep, it is. It, it, it's, uh, uh, Rodrigo and I were speaking about uh, uh, this during the week that uh, you know, some people are still harking back to uh, the old, you know, that the great saying from uh, Johnny Warren, you know, I told you so and all that sort of stuff. And they're still going on about that a little bit. And I respected it at the time, but that was pre-A-League, pre-us getting to the World Cup in 2006. And we've been to three since. And so we're no longer this, 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 this sport that's... Uh, 
you know, that's uh, begging for exposure and begging for people to respect the sport. I think what we've got now is a mature sport. Our, our football, our league, our soccer, is it's an industry now. This is an industry. You've just got to go to a Melbourne victory game or a derby or a, you know, a Melbourne-Sydney game where they get 50,000 people at Etihad or something like that. That is a bona fide event. That's a, that's a city event. Uh, that uh, takes all the media exposure on that night. Uh, it trends on social media, so it's you know we are it's a it's a fair income sport right now, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger, which is really great. And just on that point about the um, about the community work Melbourne City do, uh, they've got you know that's even Melbourne Heart used to do a lot of community work, uh, you know, with very few resources and great work. So much so that they actually win, won awards, you know, city council awards and stuff for what they did. Now that's gone to another level because the city group have got a, a real, um, you know, uh, you know, community-minded focus uh, across all their teams, New York FC, Manchester City and also Melbourne City. So uh, the citizens program that they have is very, very good. Too, and uh, it's led by Sue Crow and a number of other volunteers uh, there at Melbourne City. So uh, they do a fantastic job, as do Melbourne Victory, by the way. Melbourne Victory get into a lot of schools and do a great job too. So I think as a sport, a professional sport, uh, football, soccer does it as well as most other sports. Thanks for your call there, Peter. Really insightful stuff, and uh, keep up the good work, mate. Um, let's go to John in Greensboro, who's been waiting on the line as well. G'day, John, and welcome to the show. Thank you, fellas. Uh, look, j- just your previous caller, uh, spot on. He-, he hit the nail on the head, but I'm just going to touch on a little something a little bit different. Um, talking about the game kicking ass, I, I agree. I- and some of the... Um, uh, I think the, the energy uh, in most of the games, even if it is the you know, bottom versus... Uh, it's just fantastic. There's some great goals. And thinking about the expansion of the game and you know, and who the next Melbourne team is going to be that's going to come in. Now, I heard in your, in your preview, the, um, your trivia, Boca Juniors, and their background, how they were um, established by a couple of Italian immigrants and, and they took on um, you know, the colours of, a, of the Swedish vote. Now, <laughs> just thinking in relation to South Melbourne, and, and I think, uh, you know, the A-League's done a fantastic job. And I think based on South Melbourne support and, and, and what they've put forward, I think the only thing that's stopping them from actually coming into the A-League is the background of the ethnicity. Now, I, I just I wonder if uh, yeah, the A-League, the FFA, have got the courage to actually this time go to where the people are rather than establish a team and try and actually you know, get them to be uh, successful enough so they can get enough support. If they go to South Melbourne, for instance, and they are granted a licence into the A-League, and they put in a fair bit of work, uh, like, just like I know South Melbourne have, to actually uh, establish a, a, a club that doesn't necessarily have to lose its, its history, and, and some of it is, is Greek, but I understand there's also... You know, I think Melbourne Hakawa and there was the South Melbourne Club. I just think if they put enough work and they, they work together with the club and the members and they eliminated the people that, you know, might not be the, the good eggs in, the, in, 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 in this situation, they would actually create a, a, different, a different environment in football because if you can do that to a club like South Melbourne who have had such a strong Greek backing over the years... And educate them enough to say, okay, you can, you know, 
be proud of your history, but this is a different this is a different era. We're in a situation where it's now become a serious sport. You want your club to thrive and to be successful. Let's look at it as a club for everybody and not 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 the ethnicity background of it. And I think it, they all came together and they put the work in there and they allowed South Melbourne to come in and then the next step obviously would be you know, to have enough teams to have a relegation system and something like that. John, John, I really apologise. We've got to go to a break, but really just to answer your question really, really quickly, um, look, the attitudes to the past have changed because of the FFA Cup, so that's a positive in a bid from South Melbourne or any other of the older teams uh, from the old NSL. But the other thing also is that word courage. Have they got the courage and can South Melbourne deliver? Thanks for your call there, John. That's it for this week's show, boys. Uh, Melbourne City losing to Adelaide United 2-1. So remember, Carlos. We were Puerto Rican girls hang out. Woo we'll there. there. You Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. Woo we'll there. there. There's girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. Woo we'll there. there. Where the gringos play football. Woo we'll we'll there. there. We are the <laughs> four Diegos. Olé. Olé.